All right, so in this episode, I want to discuss leading meetings. It could be an executive meeting, it could be a project coordination meeting, or it could just be a training meeting. Whatever the meeting is, whether big or small, most meetings, if you're leading them, should have a similar structure and a similar process. So when I learned how to lead meetings, I actually did so um, by just Googling tips on leading meetings because I was a very ambitious person at the company I was at at the time. My very first meeting that I was leading was an executive meeting, so I needed to get executive buy-in for a process change that would affect pretty much everyone in the company. And I was so nervous because obviously I had never led meetings before and my first one was going to be an executive meeting. So I'd have a VP of finance sitting there and judging me. And at the time this was a woman and she was very intimidating. And she was one of those people that didn't smile a whole lot. So you couldn't really tell if she liked you or if she was thinking that your ideas were good or not. It was just very much, you know, blank stare. She was very calm. She wasn't negative. She was just very much about her business. So she was like the first person I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to be sitting there judging me. Like I better be on my P's and Q's. So because of that nervousness, I did some research online and I don't remember for the life of me because it was years ago now where I found this information, but I found some like YouTube videos and a few articles that just kind of gave general tips on leading meetings. And with all this information combined, I kind of created my own kind of cheat sheet way of leading meetings that worked for me. And so it's actually a combination of process and presence as well as tactics that you use to basically manage people in the meeting, right? So the first thing that I learned was to create an agenda for every single meeting, big or small. And the reason you do this is a couple reasons, right? So every meeting should have a purpose behind it. Every meeting should have an end goal, like, okay, we're having this meeting. It's not going to be just a waste of time where we're all talking about a bunch of stuff and nothing gets done. And we're not going to sit around and just complain about things and talk about how all these problems are happening and there's no resolutions. So when you think of the goal of the meeting, you want to think of what is the problem I am solving? What is the end result that we can get from the meeting today? When you're leading an executive meeting, usually the goal is to get executive buy-in for a change, right? So you have key players in the room. You have people that can actually make decisions on behalf of the company and that can also vouch for you or for the change to higher-ups. Making an agenda is important because when you're setting the goal, you make the agenda to head towards that goal. So you set your agenda to cover certain topics that are important and relevant based on whatever information that you want to present to the group. So that way they understand this is the problem, this is the issue that we're looking at, and this is what we're proposing to do as a resolution to this problem, right? So it could be 
say you have a form that's being filled out by customers and it's being filled out incorrectly each time. So maybe you want to change the format of the form and that's going to affect a lot of people. People are going to have to make sure that they understand the changes and how they flow through and the actual value of it to the company. So the agenda is going to set the pace. It's going to keep you on track and it's going to allow the team to stay on track as well so that you can reach that end goal. Usually at the end of the meeting, you're like, okay, so this is what we want to do. What are the next steps? Can we do X, Y, Z? That's when you get the executive buy-in, yes or no. Or if it's a no, okay, what are the next steps so we can get to that point? Then that's when you say, okay, next steps are set up a meeting with X, Y, Z, or put more emphasis on some kind of documentation. Maybe they need more um, validation that what you're saying is accurate. You want to make sure you have key players in the meeting so that, and by key players, I mean subject matter experts. If you are not the subject matter expert, then you need those people in your meeting. And you need to have actually had preemptive meetings before you get executive buy-in because you need to make sure you have your stuff together. One thing that is important when you're leading a meeting is you need to be at a central location. So if it's a long table in the meeting room, you need to be at one end of it. Everyone else should be around the table towards the other end. So there's usually going to be kind of a gap between you and everyone else so that you are clearly the leader of the meeting. You will also be usually standing up if there's a presentation. Sometimes you can sit down, it just depends on your demeanor and if you can still command attention while you're sitting down. Um, and that's really about how you are verbally with everybody and um, if you can maintain control of the room and of the meeting doing so. So first step is agenda. Second step is controlling the pace, right? So if you have an agenda and you say, okay, I have a, I have a 30 minute meeting. I have to get through all of this material by the end of the 30 minutes. Then what you can actually do is in your agenda on your version, you can set like a time allotment for each section to say, okay, this should take me about five minutes. This should take me about 10 minutes. And then you can kind of set the meeting time to correlate to that track. If you're on a time crunch, it's best to actually state in the beginning of the meeting and say, hey, thank you so much for coming. We really want to get through all of the information we have here. We have a lot to discuss. So I want to go ahead and just present to you guys all of the information and let's discuss our options at the end so we can get through all of the details. That will set the pace to where people kind of don't interrupt and they don't raise their hands in the middle of things. You'll still have some people that do, but you can at least try to minimize that by going in with the understanding of, hey, we're on a time crunch here and we really need to get this handled. So let's basically wait for the discussion portion to the end so we can get all of the information. That being said, there is a people management side of leading a meeting. So you need to be either the subject matter expert or someone that coordinates with the subject matter experts so you can speak with authority. If you cannot speak with authority, people will sense that you don't know what you're talking about 
or that you're insecure, you're not as confident, and they will not really allow you to be the authority figure in the room. They might sit quietly, but they might be thinking, okay, this person doesn't know what they're doing. This is a waste of time. Um, and it kind of, you, you shoot yourself in the foot if you're not speaking with confidence and competence. So I say that a lot, you know, it's all about being confident and competent. So you can't just be confident. You also have to know what you're talking about, or you have to get the information from the people that know what they're talking about. That's one thing is just making sure everyone knows that you have the authority to speak about what you're speaking about, right? So that's the baseline of how you're going to manage the people in this room. The other side of that is making sure you control the pace. Part of it is not allowing people to derail the meeting. We've all been in these meetings where it'll be about one thing, one subject the whole time, and then all of a sudden someone has a question and it kind of really doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about. Maybe they just want to complain about something and they try to derail the meeting and spin it off into another direction. Part of leading the meeting is understanding when to identify that that's happening and how to get back on track. Sometimes you might have to cut someone off if they're like going overboard with a rant. Um, I've never had to cut someone off, but what you do, because usually their rants are like small and then they might form it in a way of a question or just kind of like a complaint. So they'll be like, well, I don't like how the system does this. It's really frustrating, blah, blah, blah. But maybe we're not talking about that system functionality at this time. And what you can do in that type of situation is you can tell that person, I understand your frustration with that aspect. Right now, we're not talking about that, but that's a great point. And we should talk about that at another time or after the meeting. Um, so what that does, it kind of shuts them down from the complaining side, and then it gets you back on track to discussing what you really need to discuss in the meeting. As a woman, it is a little bit more difficult at times to get people to respect you as an authority figure on any kind of subject or as a leader of a meeting in person. Um, so what I've found is that people, and sometimes it's women that do this and sometimes it's men, they will try to speak in the meeting as if they know more than you, right? And sometimes you just give them their little moment and then you move on and you take control of the situation. Sometimes you have to put that person on the spot because they're being overly aggressive or confrontational. And so you have to basically put them in check, if you will. And that's not always fun, especially if it's being done by someone that you have some kind of like camaraderie with. Those are usually the people that do it is because they think that they have some kind of level of understanding that maybe you're not all that you seem to be in this meeting. You just have to understand what type of person you are dealing with at the time and just treat it like they're trying to derail the meeting because that's really what they're trying to do. So the other part of it is understanding that you don't have to be 100% right about everything. Maybe there's an option that you're not considering. So you have to adjust the project or 
the process based on new information. So part of leading the meeting is also understanding when there's a new piece of information you didn't consider and now you have to put that into consideration. And so instead of maybe hashing that specific piece out there, maybe it's a big piece that you didn't think of. And so instead of hashing that out, you can just address it and say, you know what? That's a great point. I didn't think about that. Uh, we should definitely take that into consideration and we'll you know, revise the process if we can. I want to tell you guys about a scenario that I had when I was leading a, it was actually not an executive meeting, it was a training meeting. So I was just teaching people basically how the process would be moving forward. I already had executive buy-in. I didn't really need the approval of the people that I was training. I just needed to train them on a new process. So I had a situation where there was a sales rep. She was my friend or, you know, a friendly acquaintance at work. And in this meeting, she kind of threw me off because unexpectedly she got very aggressive with me in the meeting, not physically, but verbally. She became very disrespectful all of a sudden, as if she knew more than me about a specific topic. So while I at first attempted to kind of brush it off and move on, um, she didn't allow that to happen. So I had to address it with her almost as aggressively in the meeting, which can be done professionally, but you it's it's bordering, you know, unprofessional. So when someone comes off very unprofessional or very aggressive in a meeting, they could be, you know, just being really condescending towards you and it's more of the tone, but everybody notices, right? We all pick up on these tones or these mannerisms that scream disrespect. And so with this person, I did have to get a little bit aggressive with her. So because I was the subject matter expert and I had coordinated with other subject matter experts, I knew what I was talking about. So although she might not have thought that I knew and thought everything through, I did. And so I was able to address what she had brought up very quickly and authoritatively. And so because I did it that way, it shut the conversation down, but then that told me exactly how I needed to deal with her moving forward. So a lot of people think that because you're friendly at work, that means they can basically assert dominance over you in other scenarios. So they use it as kind of a stepping stone to make themselves feel or seem superior. And so if you allow that to happen, it will continue to happen. So after that meeting, I was very careful to make sure I wasn't as friendly with her outside of meetings anymore. And the reason you do that is because business is still business. Even if you have a work friend, you cannot allow that work friend to jeopardize your state of authority at work. So I know this I know this was supposed to be mainly about meetings and leading meetings, but this is a big part of it. The big part of leading meetings is managing other people. She was in in my long time of doing these meetings, she was the only person that tried that with me. And she didn't do it again. I've actually witnessed a lot of people that just have very low confidence in meetings and people will walk all over them even though they actually know what they're talking about and if they just had a little bit more confidence they could state 
their side and their facts without being stepped on. But because they don't have that level of confidence that they need to, to also be aggressive when they need to, professionally aggressive, of course, they end up getting stepped on and they just, they don't really bounce back from it. Part of that insecurity is being non-confrontational. And unfortunately, when you're leading a meeting, you have to establish your authority. And if you don't, you will constantly be stepped on. That's just the way it is. If you're in an in-person meeting, you've got a lot of people with a lot of personalities, with ambition, with ego, and you've got to let them know that while you are respectful of them, they need to be respectful of you. And that to me is the biggest thing about meetings is make sure you know how to identify the people that are trying to derail your meeting or the people that are trying to stomp on your authority. Make sure you know how to identify when that's happening and have it in your mind already how you will deal with that if it comes up. Rehearse it in your mind and make sure you're professional in response. Nobody is going to be okay with people getting into a screaming match in a meeting. It completely demolishes everything you try to do and no one will take you seriously after that. You'll be looked at as an emotional basket case, not just the other person, but you as well. So you gotta be very careful about how you respond to aggressiveness, but you will have to respond to it. You can't just let it happen or it will continue to happen and it will get worse.